In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Moving Forward. Today, my guest is Sophie Abdenabi. She is a leadership development expert and a yoga teacher. Sophie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Kristen. Thank you. The honor's all mine. But so we spoke before, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the program is because you are so aligned to the vision of what your life needs to be like. You're very spiritually alert and attuned and intuitive. And I wanted to ask you and start out by asking you, how did you find this spiritual path at such a young age? I know for myself and for a lot of my friends, we tried everything else before turning over this rock and you seem to just innately gravitate towards it. So tell us how that came about. Yeah, thank you. Um, I love this question. It's... um so I was, I think, 11, I was around 11 years old. So the that was kind of the catalyst for I now I can reflect in hindsight as the moment of my beginning of my spiritual journey. Um, I lost um, when I was 11 years old. So I had my parents who are originally from Brazil uh, brought my mother's parents and so my maternal grandparents came from Brazil and lived with us and helped raise me and my brothers and sisters. And I lost, we lost my grandmother, um, when I was about 11 years old. So my grandparents came here when I was around five, six years old and they passed away. My grandmother passed away when I was about 11 years old and that my grandmother went first and my grandfather went uh, about a year later. We say, I believe he died of a broken heart. And, Mm -hmm. um, that created a lot of questions and a lot of uncertainty and fear and safety was really challenged at 11 years old. Safety is, is everything. It's so important. Absolutely. And I wanted to understand the, the main question was how can there be so much joy because I would say with my parent and with my grandparents being such a, such pillars in our, in our formation and in us growing up and always having attention there. If my parents weren't around, my grandparents were there. We were always given this one-on-one adult attention. And that was such a blessing and such a gift. And when that was gone, at 11, you can't really make sense of what do you mean forever? What is this concept of forever? They're gone forever. I'm never going to see them again. Yeah. And, and I can so, feel your heart when you say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even, even today, my, my family and I talk about, you know, what life would be like had they not passed away so, so early, but it, it, it really, in, in a really weird way, inspired growth in all of us in a, in a very, complex way. And so at 11 years old, not only did I really kind of understand what like mortality is and make sense of death, but it really, you know, I, I became this witness to this whole experience where like everybody around me was mourning and, and what to watch my own mother mourn the loss of her mother. And then at 11, I know I keep saying that, but I think it's, it's, it's so sensitive. It's so 
important to understand that you're not, your consciousness isn't quite formed at 11 years old to make no. sense of this, but right. my mom was really sad. And so then you absorb, I really believe in energy. You absorb your, absorb your mother's sadness. And then there's this deep love of you wanting to like help your, your, your mom. And I wanted to help my mom and it, it, it pained me to see my mom in so much pain. And then my own realization of one day you will experience this too. Oh God. And at yeah, 11. at 11. So you're, you know, but thankfully my mom, as, as, as much as she was grieving, really turned us over, my siblings and I, to believing in God and, and angels and heaven. And that was the saving grace. That was the peace. That was the solace. That's how we were able to begin to make sense of it and, and be able to move forward in life. You know, your, your heart is heavy and, and I feel like there's a space in it, but this belief in, in it, in a, in a really large, expansive energy or yeah, I would say presence really helped to begin to create this wholeness back into, into me. Now at the time I didn't, God to me was my parents being Catholic was, you know, the bearded man in the sky. So, yes. you know, praying to Jesus and, um, reciting the Lord's prayer and, and, and asking for the angels and then believing that my grandmother um, and my grandfather, for that matter, were in heaven and they were angels watching over us. And that created a lot of, of, of peace. But then, of course, as you as you age and you start to learn more about the world, you start to then question like, well, is that really true? Like, are they really are they really angels watching over me? You know, or is it um, is it a um, you know, a story we tell ourselves to, you know, make peace with, with mortality. Right. And so, okay, that leads me to the next question, which is what's the difference to you between spirituality and religion? And I know you were raised Catholic, but you had some other influences in your family as well. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I think that, you know, religion can have, you can have religion and not have spirituality. I think Absolutely. a lot of spiritual, spiritual thinkers have said that. And the, the main difference, I believe this is just my humble opinion and by no means have I, have I mastered this, but it's just a, a very personal belief is I, I think spirituality, um, places a lot more responsibility and it can feel at times uh, like a lonesome path because mm. there are these deep, deep questions and meaning lonesome in that there's so much belief and different, you know, uh, practices out there in the world. And, and I feel that spirituality is, is one that empowers the individual. Like it's, it's a lot more empowering on the, on the independent individual level. Um, whereas like religion tends to have more of this collective and of course the dogmatic, uh, t aspect of, of, of that, right? Sure. Uh, I believe spirituality is, is more independent. It's more empowering. It, um, requires more work yeah. on our, on our, on our part. And it's not limited to, this is the only time you can practice. I think you can like every, every moment, every act of your day can be a spiritual practice. Um, 
and yeah, to the my, I, I was I was exposed to a lot of different religious practices and also spiritual practices. Um, my grandfather, on my father's side, paternal grandfather was from the Middle East, so I have um, a lot of relatives that are very devout um, Muslims, and then I have you know my my parents were both raised in the Catholic church. I have another uncle who married a woman from Thailand and, you know, she raised her kids with, with the Buddhist principles. And then later my parents went on a, 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 they did sort of an ancestral trip when I was really young. This is when my grandparents were still alive and they traced back my mother's roots. And they found that my mother's side of the family traced back to Sephardic Jews. So my parents were always, yeah, my parents were always really good at in educating us on, you know, where we come from and, and, and allowing us to be exposed to all different kinds of beliefs. So that naturally, I think, allows you to take in a lot of information. And this is like probably one of my greatest gifts, but also it could be to my detriment where I can take in a lot of information and really see, you know, all these different perspectives, but it might take me a while to be like, okay, well, here's what I believe in, you know? And- oh, but I love that because it's so well thought out. And to me, it explains so much about you in the sense that you found this path and you weren't looking from validation inside. It was because that to me is the definition of spirituality versus religion. Spirituality is, as you mentioned, an individual practice, but it comes from within and it's with stillness and thought that we cultivate that. Yeah. 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 And I think, yeah, that's a really uh, excellent point is that it is, it, it comes in stillness. It comes in, in um, responsibility and it, you know, I, the word that keeps coming up is just, it, it empowers uh, the, the, the individual. And I feel like yeah. it's a, um, it's not all, it's, it's not, it's not an easy path. Uh, my experience has been, you know, I, I, I've shared this story with uh, a, a couple times with my closest, you know, friends and, and, and family. And there was this point in our lives where as a family, we would go to church. Uh, I was like 14, 15. And this is a really funny story because we moved to Florida and of all places, you know, of course, the South would be the one place to have a drive-in church. So we would go oh, wow. to a drive-in church. It was beautiful. It was like a block away from the beach, but you just like... I need to take that in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it is. It, you needed to... It, it, take, it took us a moment to realize it. I mean, we didn't like move to Florida and go to the drive-in church right away, but it right. took us a moment. But, um, you know, and, and this is to know... To know I'm not, you know, uh, putting anyone down when I say this, but this is my, this is my personal journey in that I have felt the closest to God when, uh, it was my, it was an intrinsic, uh, intrinsically led choice, meaning it wasn't until, you know, I left home, I drove across country, moved to San Diego to a place where like, I knew nothing. I knew no one. I was just young. And I believe my naive, like my naive self uh, allowed for this very courageous, you know, journey. Because I think if I would have stayed, I would have, I would have, um, you know, bury down roots, you get rooted and, and then it sure. becomes harder to leave. But it wasn't until like I was here and I experienced just the challenges of, 
being away from home and, and all these, a lot of it to do with my family and, 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 and the pain, the burden of just wanting to help them and not knowing how to help them and just being deeply pained by, by just the experiences of, of life that I, that those moments were when I was like on literally on my knees and being like, okay, I can't think my way out of this. I can't, Mm. you know, make enough money to, to cause this, this burden and this pain to go away. And I, 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 I'm done. I, I turn myself over. I, I, I want to do whatever it takes to live more from a God centered place than from like the personality of me. And that, that is those, that moment, which was when I was in grad school, that, that I felt the closest to God. And I think that speaks a lot to, to the difference between spirituality and religion is like the religion tends to have this extrinsic influence. Right. And, and not to say that spirituality doesn't, but you're more inspired by your own, uh, kind of unfolding, you know, this happens and it takes you to like this book or this reading, which, which may be the Bible, which may be the Quran, which may be, you know, um, the Torah, it may be these sacred, sacred texts. And, you know, I I certainly have, have read, you know, certain aspects. I I have, you know, I've never read any of these religious texts, like from front to, to back, but certainly I was led by, again, me being in this place of, of heartbroken and tired and just not wanting to continue to learn this like circular, be in this like circular lesson, you know, being like, okay, there's, I know that there is this beauty and this grace to life and I'm not in it right now. So what do I got to take to like enter into that flow? Like, what do I have to do to enter into that flow? And I, I, I believe in that. I believe it's just, there's this union of when you find that and you know, there's, um, this great writer, I believe he's a psychotherapist, um, his name is Mihai Sitsak Mihai. He wrote a book called Creativity, and he talks about this concept of living in flow. And that's what I believe is kind of the essence of, of, of spirituality is when you enter this this flow. I think you're in the you're in the grace of of the higher divine God energy, and your own God energy within you meets that of the greater divine energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is this well, is the path, and it's not easy. Um, it not, that's not to say that it's easy and it's just like, oh, now it's all good and there's no more work, but. Oh, that's where the work begins, I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, if you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at BeMovingForward.com. So let me ask you, so when you, you know, reached that culmination of heartbreak and you said, oh my God, I cannot do this. What do I need to do? Where did that lead you? Where were you taken? Um, I was taken, so I have been blessed with meeting some incredible, remarkable, and inspiring human beings in my life. And they were pivotal in, in, in encouraging me to, you know, seek 
you know, certain gatherings, certain groups. And so one of the groups that I found was, um, well, one place that I, I was guided to, to really kind of become a part of the community is, is, is now where I currently work. And, um, and Mosaic, which is a yoga studio, became a really big part of my life. So I started attending just as a practitioner, you know, looking to practice yoga. And one of the founders there started um, a group free. We would meet every Monday uh, afternoon. And it was called Modern Day Mystics. And it was just a bunch of human beings coming together to learn, you know, what does it mean to be a mystic and what does it mean to, um, walk this path? And, you know, it was yoga, the yoga world and the yoga practice was such a gateway to like, again, opening my heart to like seeing all the ways in which like there's many paths, one truth, many paths, and they kind of all lead, lead in this and into this kind of same place. So the group really just resonated. I just, every time I showed up, it was like, yep, this is exactly where I need to be. And Mm -hmm. and that kind of continued from that moment, from finding, you know, and being invited to modern day mystics from that moment on, it was a continuous, I call them synchronistic blessings where I just kept finding myself in these situations where I'm like, this, there's, this can't be by chance. There's no way that this is, this is happening right now. And this is by chance. And it was, you know, through my colleagues, you know, at the university and, um, again, through Mosaic and just through all these ways in which, um, you know, flow and kind of humility really, oh, it's amazing what the practice of humility really, um, can create for us. So that's, that's kind of where, where I started. And, and, um, I would say that was another huge catalyst for my, development. I have said, I probably say this every day to the people I know, but I don't believe in coincidences. And I believe that synchronicity is how God speaks to us, who we're supposed to be with, where we're supposed to be, the lessons we're supposed to learn, painful or joyful. But that is, that's how it all goes down when (laughs) you get to the bare bones of the universe. But I wanted to ask you, so how do you define mystic? Um, Let me just say to your point, there's a quote that says, and I, and I, Forgive me for not knowing. He says, "I want to no. say it was Albert Einstein, but I, I could be off." They, somebody says, um, "Synchronicity is God's way of remaining anonymous." Ooh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I completely agree. Um, how do I define a mystic? A mystic is somebody in search of the truth, of living a path that is um, inspired by the truth, um, fueled by the truth. Um, it's just somebody it's, it's, it's contemplative really. That's kind of the big, you know, you hear that word a lot. It's a contemplative practice. It's somebody who really sees God's and all sees God in all things. Like, you know, loves to be in nature, um, studies, wisdom, literature, um, reflects, uh, has a practice of surrender, has a practice really surrender, humility kind of go hand in hand. Um, but somebody who just is devoted to the path of truth is is how I would I would define um, a mystic. Of course, a spiritual uh, of course a spiritual practice. And I, as you kind of look back in time, you there are some amazing people in, in the history of humanity who 
um, might not have considered themselves a mystic, but as you look back and when you kind of study them now, um, we, we know very quickly that, that they were, you know, like Albert Einstein was yeah, considered to be a mystic. That's a great and, example. Yeah. And he was this, you know, brilliant mind, but had this devotion to, um, to seeing the truth and not, not in a skeptical way, but in a way that almost like strung together this very scientific world in which he like lived in and, and, and also, um, the, the kind of spiritual essence of all things as well. Like he kind of had a brilliant way of presenting that in a very like, uh, palpable way for, for the time that he lived in. Yeah. I agree with that. Fascinating. Yeah. Another question for you. And I think you and I have spoken about this before our listeners. So I want to ask you, what is your definition of truth? And the reason I ask this is because my former father-in-law was a history teacher and he was quite the skeptic and I adored him, but he would always say truth is written or history is written by the winners. So there is no such thing as truth. So how do you define truth? Mm. I define truth as it's it's a thread that is like constantly there, but through like our fear, our ignorance, um, our pain, our resentment, that thread gets crap. The thread of truth is it, it is there. It is is most of the times buried deep, but when you know, it's like this this visceral sensation that just like sits in your being, where you're like, that's the truth. And there's no denying it. So it sounds um, like it's more a feeling than an intellectual process. Uh, yeah, I think the intellect clouds clouds the ability to, to 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 see the truth because it requires a level of like surrender and humility, where you're like, mm. well, that that's the truth. I don't want to say it's like, you know, it's it's so it's it's as you can tell, I'm having like this challenge to like put words around it, but it's not necessarily a feeling more than it's a, a deep, deep knowing. And I would say it lives beyond our, our ability to like logically analytically use our minds. It's this more discerning, higher mind, spiritual mind. And it is, it is a deep, deep knowing. It's a deep, deep knowing. That's the truth. Well, it's so interesting to me that you just mentioned surrender and humility and speaking of leadership and something that you teach and you have developed courses around this subject, it strikes me that a lot of our leaders today really, really lack those critical skills. So I wanted to talk to you about that component of your journey. I know you studied leadership in grad school. So how do you define it? How do you define leadership? Man, that one, there are so (laughs) many definitions. There are so many definitions of leadership and, um, one one of the best ways uh, or best definitions I, I've I've really read or studied or witnessed and is is the embodiment. So I believe that leadership is being so secure in knowing like who and what you are, right? Being aligned to the the virtues that live within you and letting every action be inspired by that virtue and the inner workings, like really understanding the inner workings in in people's like minds and hearts is, is so 
revealing of of really their motives, like what they're going after. So I believe that like true leadership is one, you know how to cultivate that in yourself and, and become the embodiment of living inspired, right? To live inspired means to live in spirit. And when you are living inspired and you're you're you are being authentic, not acting authentic, but being authentic, that by its very nature inspires those around you to do the same. And so mm-hmm. that to me is a true, true not only definition, but the true embodiment of of, of leadership. There's this there are so many quotes, but you know, there's a Lao Tzu quote that talks about, you know, a true leader is is the one that when they're gone, we say we did it ourselves. So almost this silent, you know, um, not not a martyr, not somebody who like puts themselves down, but again inspires those around them to be living authentically and living inspired themselves. And there's a uh, one of my mentors adopted a great uh, adopted a quote from Stephen Pressfield from the book Gates of Fire. And the the quote really captures that a leader is not somebody who just like stands by the sidelines as like his men go to go to work, but the that a true leader is the one that earns their love through his acts, through his blood and sweat, through his own embodiment, right? He he um sits down last, right? Mm, so yeah. just to speak to this part of it's 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 an act it is always it's 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 servant servitude in many ways mm. you know and it is it um, that way. yeah yeah and it i mean it, it's become so many things um but the the type of leadership that really inspires me is is really based on this notion that like your character who you are as a being you know not just as a human but like as a being as the totality of 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 of, of a being, which means that there is, you know, spirit and energy and emotions and all, all these other aspects, not just the physical, physical, like self, right. The essence of their being that they, they not only talk the talk, but they walk the walk. And that's the biggest thing, especially in the world that I work in, um, today, there's so many ways in which you can hide behind the title and oh, for all of us. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's so dangerous and it's like, it's so important. Those are what, some of my greatest lessons is, is, is really lifting the veil and, and looking beneath and seeing like what, what's underneath, you know, the title and, 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 and the person so, and seeing if that's aligned. Absolutely. I think that's very true. And so that leads me to the next question, which what characteristics do you value most? What do you hold in high accord for your own moral compass? Integrity is yeah. really big. I would say fortitude. And fortitude is often gets translated to courage. But when I think of fortitude, I, I think of it as courage in, in its in its sum. So courage, you know, the word Courage, uh, Brene Brown talks about courage being the root is core, which is heart. So it's about living, you know, from your whole heart or telling your your whole story from your whole heart. But like courage from all sides, like emotional, mental, physical, you know, and a lot of us, like for me, I I know I have a lot of like physical courage, um, but like 
the the mental courage and and spiritual courage all those aspects like i think fortitude really encompasses the the totality of of the word courage and i would say truthfulness um just somebody who's then this i i find very infrequently in the world and i am very blessed that i work with individuals who um i see as really walking this and talking this but like they are inspired by the truth like that's what guides them not power not money not um prestige right, right. The, the 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 intrinsic motivation of like i am inspired by the truth and that's what wakes me up every every, every single day and, and and doing you know what is in line with that and that that, that is so so challenging to do day in and day out mm, i like that why do you think we're here what is the point mm. of the human experience and the human existence? Love. Yeah. We're here to learn what love is. And when I talk about love, I, I think the human experience is a school. Like we're here and we are learning. And we're here to learn and we're we're here to learn that of course on our own individual paths, like our own karmic you know, and when I talk about karma, the belief of like bringing everything that's out of balance, there's imbalances in our lives, bringing it back into harmony. And, and, and so that, that, that's everything, you know, that's gluttony, that's power, that's, um, um, you know, in my own past, like just being this very much like martyr, you know, I'll give you my right arm, you know, and, Mm. and, and believing in my own self-worth and, So bringing that into balance, right? So like for very long, I lived very much in this place of like, I'm not worthy of it. And and it's been a a long journey in learning to be like, no, I am worthy of it. I am worthy of it. So that in my, that's just a small anecdote of like how that's my life lesson, right? But collectively, definitely to learn like the magnanimous energy and 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 not the emotion not the feeling of love but to really learn to use the power of love to really transform um because that is the one thing that across all practices this idea of of love like the divine great love this love that like i think we we aren't even at at the capacity to really like wrap our minds around that, oh, I agree with that. Yeah. And, and returning and returning to that, which ultimately in, in my own personal belief, that's like returning to God, like remembering the, the divine, the I am in all of us. I think that's what we're here to, to remember. And, and, and that that is a human experience. That's beautiful. I'm going to end it there because I don't think we can do better than that. Thank you, Sophie, for being here today. Thank you for having me and for letting me share this. Um, it's been a true honor. And mm. um Namaste, right? Namaste. Namaste. (laughs) (laughs) And listeners, thank you. If you'd like to learn more about Sophie or any of our guests on Moving Forward, please go to bemovingforward.com. That's bemovingforward.com. Thanks again for listening. Good night and satnam. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.